as they're being dismissed for children's church, go to Hebrews 11, verse 7. Okay, Hebrews 11, verse number 7. And today's message, the title is, Do I Have Faith? And Do I Have Trust? Do I Have Faith? And Do I Have Trust? Okay, verse number 7 reads, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So please underline in the, in the beginning of verse number 7, by faith, then underline not seen as yet, things not seen as yet, then underline prepared, and then in the very end, underline by faith. So what we want to... Uh, look at today is that there is indeed a difference between trust and faith. We've had a lot of sermons on faith, including last week's sermon, so we know, uh, we know what having faith is, uh, is all about. But in order to live the victorious life that God wants for us, we need to know the difference. Faith is a noun. Faith is a noun. It is something that we have as God reveals himself and his love to us. This knowing of him in our head, which is head knowledge, and in our heart, which is your faith and your belief, um, is the substance, our evidence of him and his love, which is what Hebrews 11 is all about. Faith says, I know him and I believe. Faith is believing in something without any visible evidence of it coming to pass. But faith is not trust. Trust, on the other hand, in scripture is used as a verb. Faith is a noun. It's something that we have. Trust in, uh, in scripture is used as a verb trust is faith in action it is the manifestation of our faith in our thoughts and actions while faith says he can trust says God is and I will think and act accordingly okay faith is the thing there where you're having it something that you're not seeing trust is saying God is and I will act and think accordingly it is far easier for us as Christians to have faith in God, but it is a lot harder to exercise trust in him. Okay, and I want you to think about that for a minute, all right? It's very easy for us to have faith in God, but then it's harder for us as Christians to have trust in him. So let's learn about trust. Let's go to, to James, to the book of James. As, uh, as you're, you're, you're going there, James uh, chapter 2, as you're turning there, um, if you've been noticing the theme, and I think I said this last week, the theme over several messages here, over several Sundays, has been looking at how we can understand the deeper things of God uh, relative to faith, um, relative to how we should pray, how we should be praising God. Because what I feel in my spirit, and I see indications of, um, obviously the world is changing, this country is changing. Uh, this country is becoming more and more permissible. Those things that at one time were considered wrong are now considered right. 
those things that were considered right are now considered wrong. Um, it's very hard for Christians to speak openly. It's, it's uh, where your, your faith and even the ability to talk about Jesus Christ is challenged on all fronts. So now what I've, been feel, what I've been feeling in my spirit is that God is calling out to his children and he's saying that I want you to come back to the basics and understand about me and understand what, how, to, how praising me and worshiping me, these very fundamental things of our Christian walk, we as Christians need to really understand it because so many times we take those things for granted. We take it for granted because we start attending church and we're tithing and, you know, and so on like that. If you belong to the deacon's board or you're in the choir or you're doing all this sort of thing. But the very basic things about praising God and worshiping him and understanding how to develop relationships with God, we forget about that. And that was, that's been the sermons over the last few weeks. So today, looking at the difference between faith and trust is because many of us say that we have the faith and we have the faith, but do we actually have the trust in God? So we need to understand what the difference is to make sure we're exercising both, not just one. It's not enough just to have faith, which we'll see from Scripture here. So um, James 2, and we want to start at verse number 14. James 2, verse number 14. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, underlined works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of, da- of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be you warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Okay? So to start, with, to go back to verse number 14, underline where it says, uh, a man say he has faith and have not works. Underline the word works. Okay, and understand something before we go into this further. Um, again, this is not talking about works in the terms of where so many people, Christians, believe that my works is what justifies me. My works is what saves me. Saves me. James is not talking about that, that fallacy, that, that wrong belief that my works, the things that I do, get me into heaven. Okay, this is not what that's talking about because that's wrong. Nothing that we can do gets us into heaven. Nothing that we can do gives us salvation. The only reason we have salvation is by the grace of God and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So nothing that we can do can, can do anything, anything about that. So this works that we're talking about is not that. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man says he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and none of you, um, uh, and, and one of you say in turn, depart and go in peace, but you don't give him what he needs, then what good is it? So if a man is standing at your doorway, and he's naked and he's hungry, and you say, oh, God bless you, make the sign of the cross and tell him, okay, go, but you don't give him any food or any clothing, then you're not doing him any good. That's what this is saying. You're not doing him any good. Even so, verse 17, even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead. Being alone. Understand. Underline. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Okay, now this again, this is not the same works in terms of working to, to, uh, for salvation. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. So here we see right away that God is telling us that it's not enough just to have faith. Okay, you need to have something else that's called works. Yea, a man may say, verse 18, yea, a man may say, thou hast faith. And I have works. Show me your faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Okay? So he's saying there, show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. 
So in other words, you know, you've heard me say a dozen times that if I was to give you the car keys to my car, and I say to you, these car keys can get you home. You may have faith that my car keys will get you home. But until you do something, until you actually get up and take those car keys, why? Because you have faith in my word that I said, these are the keys to my car. Take these keys, it'll get you home. If you don't take those car keys and having the faith in my word that these keys will get you home and go out to my car and put those keys in the car and start it up and drive off, you're not going to go home. So you can sit there all day in the sanctuary and say, oh, yeah, Pastor Cobb's keys will get me home, will get me home. But guess what? It will not get you home until you do something. The works. The works there is your faith in the fact that I told you this to be a truth, and then your works by going, I believe that Pastor Cobb, these are Pastor Cobb's keys, I believe that, and now I'm going to act accordingly. I know that I'm going to go unlock that door, a siren's not going to go off, the police are not going to come and arrest me because it's not his car. So, so by your works, you're activating your faith, okay? That's what this is saying here. It then goes on to say, yea, a man may say, um, uh, verse number 19, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The demons also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? That faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was, works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then, that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Please line, by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Alright? So to go back to what Abraham, what about Abraham here in verse number 21, wasn't Abraham our father justified by works, underline the word works there, when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, underline how faith wrought or worked with his works or coupled with his works and by faith was, and by works was uh, faith made perfect. So in other words, when God told Abraham to go sacrifice his son, it wasn't enough for Abraham to simply say, yes God, I hear what you're saying and I believe that it'll be okay and then sat down and did not go to sacrifice his son. It would, be, it would be something if Abraham had said, Yes, Lord, I believe this is talking to you, and I hear you about sacrificing my son. In the meantime, in the back of his head going on, Well, Jesus, what's going to happen when I kill my son? I murder my son, what's going to happen? And all of that thought going on in the back of my head, in the back of his head, and then not doing anything, okay? But I got faith that God's going to do something, but not getting up and doing it. By Abraham taking his son, binding him up, taking him, remember how the story goes, taking him in the mules up there with the wood and so forth, and tying his son up and placing him on the woods and wood and whatnot, and lifting the dagger, and he was ready to plunge it down and take his son's life, because he just trusted God, that God knew what he wanted him to do, and if God told him to do this, he was going to do it. He wasn't thinking about it. So his works was actually doing what God was telling him to do. And by him, his works, based on his faith in God, that's what activated the hand of God. And at the last moment, you remember how the, how the event goes, the angel said, stop, God has prepared an offering for you, 
and behind him there was a ram that was stuck in the, stuck in the bush for him, to, for him to sacrifice, you see. So just going on his faith would not have been enough. Abraham had to actually go forth and take that action. So his action, coupled with his faith, made his faith perfect. So faith without an action for us also, not, not taking that step, doing what it is that God is telling us to do, knowing in faith that God is going to make it okay, that's what makes your faith perfect. So it's not enough just to have faith and not do anything to act on, on what God is telling you to do. Amen? Amen? So, so we see this is a very dramatic illustration of someone having faith in God and actually taking the step to do what God is telling him to do. Okay? Now, how many times in our lives do we hear from God? God may be telling us to go, go apply for a job and be telling us to, to go look at this particular house or to go here to do this or do that. And right away, we have a number of obstacles that we come up with. Oh, that house, we can't afford it, you know, or this job, is, it's too great for me or whatever, you know. And then when someone asks you, do you have faith that you'll get that job? Oh, yeah, I have faith I'll get the job. Do you have faith that you'll get that? Oh, yeah, I've got faith I'll get that house. But then when it comes down to taking the action that you hear God telling you to do, how many of us take that action? Or the works that's being talked about here. So without you taking that action, coupled with your faith, your faith is incomplete. Your faith is incomplete. Because then you have to ask, you have to question yourself, how much do you really, really have faith? All right? Suppose Abraham had, had decided that, well, this is, this is my only son. I mean, you know how long it took him to get Isaac. Right? This is my only son, and now he's grown and everything, and now God wants me to sacrifice him. I mean, he could have come up with 9,000 different reasons why he shouldn't do it. But he had so much faith in God, he knew that if God was telling me to do this, what's the rest of the sentence? Is that God must have something in mind. If God told me to do this, then God must have something in mind. And all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. Amen? So if you've got this thing that's in your life and it's a faith issue for you, having faith in whatever it is that God is telling you to do, without you doing something, taking that action, without those works, then your faith is incomplete. And it's very simple. It's not mind-boggling. It's not rocket science. But if you have faith in something, then why aren't you doing it? Simple as that. Okay? If the lights turn green and you're crossing the street and you believe that the green light will allow you to get across the street. If you don't actually walk across the street, you won't get across the street. I don't care how much faith you have in the fact that that light is green. Amen? So the faith without those works here can, can put us in a position where we have incomplete faith. It goes on to see, to say, I'm, I'm going to read 24 again. You see then that by, that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Okay, underline all of that. By works a man is justified and not by faith only. In like manner also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead. Listen to this now. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Please highlight all of that verse if you don't already have it highlighted. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. All right? Now, you can't put it much plainer than that because we know what happens if, the, if your spirit leaves your body. Um, you know, then you're dead. Simple as that. So what God is saying here in his word is that faith without works or without actions is dead faith. All right? So when you say, yes, I have faith in God, then you say, well, how much faith do I really have? Do I have enough faith in God that I'm actually going to step out and do what God is telling me to do? The person who claims to be a Christian but lives in willful, willful disobedience to Christ, 
with a life that shows no works has a false or dead faith. James here, the Apostle James, is clearly making a contrast between two different types of faith. True faith that saves and false faith that is dead. Go to Matthew 7. Matthew number 7. Matthew 7. And we want to do... Verse number 16. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth bad fruit. Right? You've never seen good fruit coming hanging on a tree that's, you know, where the limbs are rotted and the branches are rotted and so forth like that. You're most likely, I'm not a farm person, but most likely you will not see good fruit. Well, the Bible says you won't, so I believe that you won't. Amen. Verse 18. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit either. Neither can a corrupt tree bring uh, forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Please underline, wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out demons, and in thy name done many wonderful works, underline works, Okay, now this is, this is the other works that we're talking about where people think that the works is going to save them, all right? Have done, have, alone have done wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You that work iniquity. Many profess to be Christians, but their lives and their priorities indicate otherwise. Jesus put it this way, by their fruits you will know them. So by the fruits, by the things that we do in our lives, that's how we are indeed known, and that's how Jesus knows us. So again, getting back to the works, to the works is that, and this is where the trust thing comes in, if you have the faith in God, then how much do you trust him to actually go and do that which he's telling you to do, you see? And if you are not doing what God is telling you to do, then Jesus is saying here that, you know, you may profess, well, you know, Jesus, we knew you, we knew you, but you're not doing what God is telling you to do, and that is, is following through with works and trusting him, then Jesus will say in that day, depart from me because I do not know you. Depart from me because I do not know you. You see? So by your fruits, you are known. You see? And not only are you known by God, but you're also known by those that are around you. How can you go ministering and preaching to someone else and trying to convince someone else to come to the Lord if you yourself are not doing what God tells you to do? What kind of a witness are you for the Lord? If you're the person that's out there and you're struggling so much and then someone comes to you and says, you know, I've got this problem and I don't know how to deal with it and so on like that. And then you start preaching to them about faith and then about acting on faith. And here you are struggling yourself because you're not acting on your faith. You're not acting it out by your fruits. You are known. OK, so you can't go running around. I mean, how convincing would I be to have people to attract people to the kingdom of God? 
and saying how you can prosper and you can not have any worries and, and, and the Lord will put shoes on your feet and clothes on your back. If I'm running around there with holy shoes, with holes in my shoes, raggedy clothes, you know, I'm eating out of a garbage can and everything like that. I mean, how, how prospering, how prosperous am I? And, and someone would look at me and say, well, gee, if this is where your God got you, well, then this is where I don't want to be. Amen. So by your fruits, you are known. All right? You also will get to the point that you will find that, 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 that there will be people that, that will know who you are in the Lord and they won't, won't bother you with certain things. They won't get you involved into certain things because they know who you are by your fruits. Um, many years ago, and I, I'm, I'm assuming they still have, have football pools and everything like that, but people in the office place always knew who I was. They know what I do outside of, outside of the uh, workplace. They know my faith and trust in God. They know how I, I try to be a very good Christian and so on, and when the football pool time came, I, mean, I remember hearing outside my office, oh no, don't, don't bother, don't bother Michael in there, um, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't participate in stuff like that, you know, and it was no animosity, I mean, I was accepted by the bunch and everything, but by your fruits you are known, all right, so if you are following what God is telling you to do and you're acting out on your faith, then that is evidence of who you are. That's evidence, evidence of who you are because you will wind up prospering more than those who are not following what the Word of God is telling them. It is not enough for you simply to have faith. You've got to act on whatever that thing is that you're having faith for. You know? You've probably heard me say a million times, you may be praying for a job. You need a job badly. And they say, oh, well, do you have faith that God will find you a job? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I've got faith. Oh, well, what are you going to do tomorrow morning? Well, while I'm waiting for that job, I think I'll go on the park bench and feed the pigeons. Okay, I'll feed the pigeons. And every day, people see you sitting on the park bench and you're out there feeding pigeons. You got faith that God's going to find you a job? Oh, yeah, I got faith God's going to find me a job. But you're sitting out there feeding the pigeons. All right? Now, I never, I never pretend to speak for God because God can do whatever he chooses to do, all right? But I tell you, I bet you dollars to donuts, if you're sitting there on that park bench five days a week feeding pigeons and you're having faith for a job from God, I doubt very much that God's going to drop a job in your lap, you see? So your works there would be, I've got faith, Lord, I've prayed for this job, maybe you've gone through the newspaper or on the internet or whatever. Your, your works would be by getting out there and applying for that job. If that first job doesn't pan out and it seems like there's a block there, but you know that you've got faith that God's going to find you a job, that you're looking through the postings or whatever it might be, because you know that God's going to come through. Okay? Sometimes even, you know, I'm being led to speak in this direction, sometimes even by you taking on a lesser job, God sees that you are indeed serious and will honor that and move you into the position or the spot that you really want to be in or that is worthy of your calling. But sometimes by you just saying, Lord, I'm going to take this job until you land me where I want you to be, where you want me to be, Lord, I'm going to, go, I'm going to work at this most menial job, whatever it is. I'm going to flip burgers, whatever it might be. But the fact that you are stepping out there in faith, knowing that God is going to do something for you, and your works, your actions are backing that up. Faith without those actions are, is dead, as the Word of God says. So relative to our lives today, where we really need to get this locked into our spirits deeply, that this plays out in every aspect of our lives. 
You may be, you may be praying for something, whether it be a healing or, or whatever that's going on in your life. You may be praying for it. In faith, you believe that God will heal you. Then you have to act as such. You have to act as such, you know. When someone says, you know, how are you feeling, you know, and how's the so-and-so? Then by faith in your works of saying, say, saying um, uh, in the name of Jesus, I believe that I am healed. Oh, you're going to work today? Yes, I am going to work today. Oh, but you have so-and-so. I'm going to work today. Why is that? Because by faith I am healed. Amen? So it's always your actions. You're acting, you're, you're acting like what God has said has already come to pass. If you sit back and you simply say, I have the faith, and you're not going on and you're acting like you do indeed have the faith, then you're, then you're missing out. Then you're, you're, you're doomed to failure, you see. And so many times we just don't seem to get that. We think that, we seem to think that telling people in the world that, yes, I have faith in my God, that that is, is, is all that we need to do. That's the sum total of our actions. You have to indeed continue to move forward, all right? So many, many Christians profess that they are Christians, but their lives and their priorities indicate otherwise. And Jesus put it this way, as he said there, by their fruits I shall know them. Go to Matthew 21. See, and so many times we, we forget that um, maybe by not taking actions that we're not possibly, possibly we're not doing, doing the will of God. Amen. Matthew 21, verse number 28. Okay. Now this is a parable here, and this is Jesus speaking here. Verse number 28. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he repented and went. Underline, but afterward he repented and went. Or underline also where it says, I will not. I will not, but afterward he repented and went. Verse 30. And he came to the second and said the same. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Underline, I go, sir, and went not. Which of the two did the will of his father? Which of the two did the will of his father? They say unto him, the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the tax collectors and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came, came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the tax collectors and the harlots believed him. And you, when he had seen it, repented, not afterward, that you might believe him. So in the first case there where it says, he answered and said, I will not. Um, but after he repented and he went, those were the works. He was the son that obeyed what the father told him to do. The other one said, oh yes, I will go. But he did not. So that's, that's a case of no works there, you see. And, that, and obviously he was the one that was wrong. So if we are not doing the works, as long as we realize that we are not doing what God is telling us to do, maybe off the bat, but then we wind up, we realize where we're going short, and we repent of that and then go and do what God is telling us to do, then through our actions we're being obedient to God. 
All right, and obviously, if you're not being obedient to God even that way, then, you, then you're being disobedient. So here, then, it comes down to, because we're talking about these works relative to trusting God, so therefore, if you're not trusting God, then you're being disobedient to him. So if you're not trusting God and you're being disobedient to him, then is it small, any small wonder, then, that your faith is not going to bring forth results in your life. Because the faith by itself, as the other scriptures said, without the works part is dead. And then if God is telling you to do something, and you're saying, oh yeah, yeah, aye, aye, sir, I'll go and do it, but you do not, then you're not doing what God is telling you to do. Amen? So we need to be very, very, very careful in that regard. Acting on our faith is doing the will of God. Acting on our faith is doing the will of God. Go to Luke 7. Luke number 7, and we want to do 46, number 7, oh, hang on a second here, let me see if that's where I want to go. Hang on one second. I'm sorry, Luke 6. I know that didn't look right. Luke 6. I knew that didn't look right. Luke number 6. Sorry about that. Luke 6, verse number 46. Okay. And why call ye me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. Underline do not. And do not the things which I say. Whosoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. Please underline and does them. I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man who built a house and dug deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when a flood arose, the stream beat vehemently about upon that house. And could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. This is in the line, it was founded upon a rock. Could not shake it, because it was founded upon a rock. But he that hears and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. Please underline, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. And the ruin of that house was great. Okay, so also in the line in verse number 49, without a foundation. All right. So Jesus is saying here that for the person that does not do what Jesus says to do is like you building a house on a, on a very unstable foundation. And it's interesting that's referring to a foundation because I think it was last week that I said that without having the scriptures well grounded in your life that you, you, you have a very shaky foundation. So in moving forward in these days and weeks and months, years to come, however long it may be, if Jesus continues to tarry, is that if we're not building our lives on these solid words of the Lord here and as a foundation and doing what God is calling us to do, then we're living very, very shakily. And we wonder why we have so many difficulties in life and so many challenges. Okay? So in having the faith uh, in God, having understanding that what God is telling you is going to come to pass, if you don't do what God says to do and realize that 
that faith without those works is a dead faith because it's not going to bring forth anything, then you're winding out, you're missing out on a whole bunch of blessings and you're missing out on getting to where God wants you to go. And in doing so, you're you're living on a very, very shaky foundation, which means that you're open to a lot of of disastrous things in your life. You see? And I see that so much. I see that so much in, uh, in ministry. I see people that are, and talk to people that are having really challenging and difficult times in their lives. And then if you stop and you really talk to them a little bit and get them to open up, then you'll find out that their faith is very, very shallow. Their faith is shallow, you know. They're merely going by what the church, and I put that in quotes, what the church has taught them all the, over the years, that this is what faith is. Faith is believing in God and so forth. And they're very quick to say, do you believe that God, that God exists? They say, oh yeah, I believe God exists. Do you believe that God is who he says? he is. Oh, yes, I believe God who is who he says he is. You even ask them, do you believe that God was powerful enough to create the heavens and the universe? And they will say, oh, yes, I do. But then when it comes down to a personal thing about their personal lives, and you say, do you have a faith walk with God? Do you know God? Do you have a personal relationship with God? They will actually question and they'll look puzzled. And then you'll, re- you'll realize that they do not even understand where, where you're coming from. You say a personal relationship with God, and we talked about that last week. Do you spend time with God? Do you, do you talk to him as though he was standing right there in front of you or sitting beside you? And all of these things are so foreign to them. But yes, so you say, do you have faith in God? And you say, well, yes, I have faith in God. But how can you have faith in God if you don't know him? How can you have faith in someone that you don't know? All right? So even beyond the faith, I mean... You can have faith in me, but faith in me is, is basing, basing your belief that I'm going to do or say or believe whatever it is that I'm saying, telling you I'm going to do. That's faith. But then trusting me to do something can be a whole different thing, you see. You can say, I have faith in, in Pastor to hold the service and that he's going to give a Holy Spirit-based message and so on. Um, but when it comes down to trusting me to pick you up from your job every day at 5 o'clock, well, I don't know about that. I mean, he's kind of busy. I mean, you know, and so I don't know. So you may not trust me to do that. So how would you develop that trust in me? The only way you could develop that trust in me beyond the faith, develop that trust in me, is if I religiously or or always picked you up at 5 o'clock without fail. But in order for, for, for you to build trust in me and over that time knowing that I've, picking, I've picked you up every day for five o'clock, at 5 o'clock, this has to come over some time of your dealing with me. Some time with you building a relationship with me. Some time showing that I have repeatedly shown up at 5 o'clock. You see? So what I'm saying to you is that you can have a theoretical faith in me in that, yes, he, if he says he will, he will, you know, pick you up. I've got faith in his word. But trusting me to actually be there at 5 o'clock is a whole thing, different thing. And that comes from you, 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 you acting on your trust in me and, and being there, and then my, my coming through and doing whatever it is I said I'm going to do. So in order for you to build that trust with God, it has to be based on ex- experientially um, working with God, talking with God, and seeing how God has been working in your life. Is that making sense to you? You know, you, you can't, if, if, if you don't trust God, then you should ask yourself, then what experience do I have with God in, in 
and knowing that he's going to come through. You know, well, there's the faith part, but then there's the action that you have to start taking um, towards making that faith whole. And then as you see God manifesting things in your life and you'll see that he always comes through, then that helps to build the trust more and more and more. All right. But you've got to get to the point that Abraham was at where he didn't know he didn't know where anything was going to happen with his son. All he knew is that God told him to take him out and sacrifice. And that's all he knew. So then you need to ask yourself in your daily life, you know, whatever might be going on in your life, whatever that is that you might be praying for, whatever thing that is challenging you out there, then where is your faith in God? And then what actions can you take to, to activate that faith and to manifest that faith and having trust in God by stepping out there and doing it? Okay? Um, some of you may, re, may remember um, the, what happened with me many years ago when I was called to, called to ministry. And, and uh, this is after I was ordained and the Lord was putting in my spirit to, to actually start up a church and so on like that. And I didn't have the faintest idea how to go about that. It happened to be another Christian brother um, at work there that I was speaking to. And I know Holy Spirit spoke to him. And uh, uh, he said to me, he says, well, you know something? And he, he went outside my office and he stood on the other side of the threshold. And he says, you know, sometimes God just wants you to take that first step outside the threshold. And he, you know, he stepped outside the threshold. So what he was saying to me is that sometimes God wants you to just take that first action, not knowing where it's going to take you. Now, all I knew at the time that God was calling me to start up a ministry, I had no idea where we were going to minister a facility or anything else like that. And so that, that really resonated in my spirit. So after he left, I just closed my office door and I prayed and I said, okay, Lord, if that was you speaking to me, I said, when I leave here, I'm going to stop by the first real estate office that I see and I'm going to go in and ask them, tell them I need a building. Simple as that. I said, if this is something else you want me to do or you don't want me to do it, you know, you're on the way home while I'm driving, then you, you, you tell me and you stop. And that's what I did. Okay. And so I'm stepping out. Like he said, I'm just taking that first step. I knew what Holy Spirit was telling me. I knew what I felt in my spirit. But now I said, I'm going to take this action. Where it was going to lead me, I didn't have any idea. But I knew that God was going to do something. So I stepped out. And I went on, and I'm driving home, and surely enough, on the Sunrise Highway, I saw a real estate office, and I pulled off and went in, and I went inside, and I said, hello. They said, yes, sir, may I help you? They, I said, yes, hello. I'm looking for a church, church building. The guy said, okay, um, sit down. And he sat down. He said, let me go to talk to the manager. He went in the back for a while and stayed. He said, all right, okay, fill out this card and paper and so on like that. I filled those out, and, and um, you know, don't call us. We'll call you, basically. You know, so I said, okay. And so right away I'm thinking, yeah, gee, was, well, what did that get me? What did that get me? But I knew that God had something in the works, and that by faith I knew it was going to come to pass. And I said, well, God, I'm going to keep on doing this until you show me otherwise. And so I went on doing that. Then, lo and behold, um, I'm going to try to make this story short, but I was sitting in, in, in the car waiting for the train to come, and there's a Christian station that I always used to listen to, WLIX. And they were going off the air, and there was a man that was on there preaching, talking and so forth, and he said, they're looking for writers and da-da-da-da. If anyone writes and wants to write for this newspaper we're starting, come on by. Long story short, when I came home, because I had to go get on the train, 
and the thing cut off. When I got back from the train, turned on the, on the radio, it picked up exactly where it left off at 7 o'clock in the morning. So right away when things like that happen, I say, is this Holy Spirit doing something in here? The broadcast stops and then picks up exactly where it was, so I found out the address and so on. So I called up and I said, yes, I used to write, da-da-da-da. He said, okay, bring some of your stuff and let's come, in, come to lunch and I'll meet with you. So I met with him for lunch and as we're talking about the newspaper that he was starting up, and he says, yeah, we could use it as a staff writer, blah-blah-blah, and so on, like that. And uh, it, somehow we got off on the subject of churches and buildings. He said, the strangest thing happened to me the other day. I said, what was, what was that? He said, I had this pastor of a church that came in to meet with me, and he said they had a building that was just too large for them, for them, and they were looking for another ministry who was willing to share the expenses and use the building. And so my, I jumped back like that, and out of the blue, he said, it was the strangest thing. And so um, I said, who was it, and so on like that. He gave me the person's name. I went and met with the pastor, and that was the very first church facility that we had. And it all came about seemingly as an as a, as a, uh, uh, unrelated, uh, set of circumstances, but it wasn't because as I met with the people from that church, then it came back in, as in a flood of memories exactly how those things had happened. How by my stepping outside of the office, so to speak, and taking that first step and going by that real estate, that was my works. That was my works. That was my stepping out in faith, knowing that God was going to make something happen without having the faintest idea of what was going to come to pass. In the meantime, God was over here working on this this pastor of this other law large church building that said that the expenses were too great and they wanted to share it, connecting it with this fellow who was putting together this newspaper, having me hear the radio broadcast 7 o'clock in the morning, having it interrupted, coming back home at 6 o'clock at night, turning on the radio and the broadcast, because it was recorded, picking up exactly where it left off before, and, and having Holy Spirit quicken to me to call this person, all the pieces came together. So what I'm saying to you, if I hadn't stepped outside the box on my own faith, and activated it by some actions, by some works, then my faith would have been incomplete. Would have been incomplete. And, that, and, and I can give you countless other, other events that has happened in my life over the years. So what I'm saying to you is that if there's something that you're praying for, if there's something that's going on in your life, if there's something dealing with family members, if there's something um, illness, if there's something un, un, unknown that's going on, and you're praying to God for it, for it to come to pass or to be eliminated or whatever it is that you're praying for, it is not enough for you simply to have faith that God is going to do it. Okay? There has to be those works to make your faith complete. Now, the thing is, is that how do you know what those works are? How do you know what those works are? Well, if that was such an easy thing to say, then how much faith would it be? Amen? Because you don't know what those works are. All you know is that some action is involved. If you don't always know what that action is, then what you need to do is to do exactly what I did, and that is to pray. And then what is it that you're feeling God wants you to do? What is the action? If you're looking for a job, of course, obviously the most logical thing to do is to get off out of your bed. Don't go sit on the park bench and go look for work. But I'm saying if it was something else more complicated than that, then you pray and you ask the Lord, Lord, this is what I'm praying for. I have faith. I know you're going to do something about it. Now, what is it, Lord, that I can do? All right? If, if you think you're not hearing anything and then you're getting these unctions inside. Now, don't forget, this is very important. The Holy Spirit of God is in you, all right? And if you don't believe that and don't understand that, then that's a whole separate sermon for you, all right? But the Holy Spirit is in you, and the Holy Spirit talks to you. And I'm sure everyone in this sanctuary has had that at some time or another. So what you're feeling in your spirit as, as this is what God is telling me to do 
And even if you're unsure, now, all things being equal, the answer to your problem, if you're hearing, go rob the bank, now obviously you know that's not God telling you to do that, okay? All right, so let's use some, some, some common sense here. But in your praying and asking God, what is that work, what is that step you want me to take, then what you're feeling in your spirit, if it's in line with God's word, then you say, Lord, I think this is what I'm hearing you tell me. I think this is what you're telling me to do. So my actions, my works, to back up my faith in you, Lord, is that I'm going to do this. This is the step that I'm going to take. If that is not what God wants you to do, that action, that work, is not what God wants you to do, Holy Spirit will tell you no. There will be some signs somewhere along the way that this is not where I want you to go. There will be a sign. God is not going to let you go someplace, someplace that's going to get you into trouble. All right? But this goes back also to the sermons of last week and the sermons before about having that relationship with God and building that relationship with God so that when you hear His voice, you recognize what He's telling you. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So when you're asking God, okay, Lord, this is what I'm hearing. I think you're telling me to do. I'm going to take this step now to activate my faith and to bring to pass what you're telling me to do. You go and you do what you're feeling in your spirit you need to do. All right? And I'm telling you, you start, you start learning to live like that, acting on your faith. Those works... This is the word of God. These are not my words that you just read. This is the word of God. The word of God said, faith without works is dead. The same way that your body is dead without your spirit, your faith without actions on your part is dead. So you can sit back all day long and say, yes, Lord, I got faith in you. But if you're not doing something about it, acting on it, then your faith is dead. Okay? Now, we miss this so many times and we wonder why as Christians, why we're not being blessed. Because we never stop to think about what these scriptures we've gone over today, what they really, really mean. All right? So if there's something going on in your life that you're praying for and you're believing for right now, what you should be doing starting tonight is seeking God, asking the Lord, this thing that I've been praying about, Heavenly Father, is there something that I should do? What is the action that I should take? What should I do? What steps do I need to take to, 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 to show you, you know, that I'm indeed, I do have faith. And because I believe that you're bringing this to, path, to pass, this is what I'm going to do. You get in the habit of doing that and you will start seeing your prayers are answered. You will start seeing that obstacles that come up before you will wind up disappearing a lot more quickly. It is not enough for you to just have faith. But we as Christians, we've, got, we've looked at this so erroneously over the many, 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 many years that think that by us going to church regularly, that by us joining a, uh, a missions uh, uh, trip, you know, and going someplace, by us doing, uh, 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 being on, in, in the choir, by us, you know, going on the church picnics, by us working in the kitchen, by us doing all of these things, these are works, these are works, all right? All right? If, if, if it's not linked to your faith, then it's, it has nothing to do with you being a powerful Christian and being victorious in this life as a child of God, because you're not linking those works with your faith. Okay? People think that when they're working in the church, because they will always say, many times you'll speak to, to people who profess to be Christians, and they'll say, um, uh, are you going to heaven? Oh, yes, I'm going to heaven. Well, why do you think you're going to heaven? Well, I, I, I'm a good person. I, I, I do good things. I give to the poor, and I do this, and I do that. You know? But there's no thought about salvation and the grace and what Jesus Christ did. Then you go and you talk to them about faith. Well, do you have faith that so-and-so-and-so is going to happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have faith. Well, what are you doing about it? Well, um, I'm on the choir. 
I'm on to this, I do this, and I do that. Well, how is that linked to what you're praying? Well, by me being in the choir, God's going to answer my prayers. Is that doing anything related to what you're praying? Is that anything showing that you have faith in what God, what you're asking God to do in your life? You see? So that work has to be linked to whatever it is that you're having faith for. It's not enough for you to say that, that, that our, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, for, uh, I'm praying for, for a new job, let, let's say, and so the works that I'm going to show is by going on a cruise every day because God's going to keep me safe on the cruise. What does it have to do with you getting a job? Amen? So it's got to be linked to your works. Abraham, when he was told by God to go sacrifice your son, he didn't go off and do something else. Having faith that God would, would keep his son safe, he did exactly what God told him to do, and he acted out on faith. When God told Abraham in Genesis 12, get thee out of this country that you're in, you know, the, the land of your kindred, I'm going to bring you to a new place. He didn't know where God was going to send him, but his works, having faith that God knew what he was talking about, and that God was going to take him um, successfully wherever God wanted him to do, it said that Abraham packed up. Lock, stock, and bound, and he went on in obedience to God, the works. Amen? Amen? So let's think about that now. Again, my words, I mean, not my words, the Lord's words in the Bible there. God forbid, not my words, Lord, I'm not taking credit. Um, uh, the word of God here. Amen? That faith, faith without works is dead. So examine yourselves. Examine your life. You know, are you praying for, are you believing for, and trusting God for something in your life? But what are you doing about making it happen? Amen? Amen. So we see here then that faith and trust, because in order for you to do those works, you've got to have trust in God. My stepping out over the, over the threshold and going to the real estate office had to be trusting God that he knew what he was doing. I certainly didn't know what he was doing, but I certainly trusted him, and so I acted accordingly. I did not know what the future was going to hold. Faith is that thing, it's the, the thing having faith of the thing that is unseen. It's unseen, and the trust is you taking an action because you trust God. Because you trust God. If you don't trust God, stop and think about it. It doesn't even make sense. If you don't trust God, how can you have faith in Him? How can you have faith in Him if you don't trust Him? Okay? How can you say that I, that I have faith in God, but yet still you don't step out and have that trust? The other good illustration is Peter walking on the water. When Jesus told him to come, there was an action. Peter took an action when he stepped outside the boat. Amen. And what happened? Why did he sink? Why did Peter start sinking? He started sinking because the devil distracted him by looking at the storm. So the minute he took his eyes off Jesus, he started sinking again. Amen. So to maintain your trust in, 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 in acting out your faith and making your faith whole, you need to keep your eyes on who? On Jesus. All right. And, and you need to visualize the fact and understand the fact that every single moment that you are, are awake and asleep, for that matter, God is by your side. God is there. You know, if you can only get to the point of really believing that God is, is more real than that person that is sitting next to you, we still have a hard time speaking to God out loud, verbally speaking to God, if we're in a room by ourselves, quote unquote. How many here feel comfortable in a room sitting by yourself talking out loud to God? Amen? Amen? You, you need to get past that. You need to get beyond it. Because that will help you. It's not for God's sake, but it's for your sake. Because it will help you to develop a fact that, the fact that you are, uh, are trusting in God and you're developing that personal relationship with Him. Amen? Amen? So I pray this, this message has been a, a blessing to you. Think about it. Reflect on where your life is at. Where is it that you need to, uh, to shore up? Are, are you really, really trusting God? 
Think about, again, when you go home, separate faith from the trust. Where is it? Where is it? Do I have the faith? Do I have as much trust in God as I have the faith? Amen. So I pray this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.